Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Pastor Colton Pemberton with People's Tabernacle Students. So thankful that you've tuned in uh, on today's podcast. I'm asking that God would just bless us with His Holy Spirit, uh, that God would illuminate um, His grace uh, in a greater way. Um, I'm thankful for God's grace specifically today. I'm thankful for it every day, but I just uh, was thinking about all of the things that God has saved me from, that God has forgiven me for. Uh, his mercy is is just so good, and the Bible shows us actually in Psalms 37 that it endures forever. I'm so thankful for that. Um, <clears throat> I'm thinking of uh, uh, something that was said to me, um, or at least that I had read a few days ago, um, is that God's grace is the goodness of God given to undeserving man, but God's mercy is God's wrath withheld from deserving man. That's amazing. You know, we've always heard that term about, obviously, that God's grace is what God gives us to undeserving people. Uh, and then uh, I had never heard that about God's mercy, but really, we do deserve God's wrath. We're guilty sinners, um, and we deserve hell itself. But Christ, of course, and there's a big conjunction there, but but Christ came uh, and He saved us. And I'm so thankful that He did, um, because I deserve, just like all of us do, because of our uh, sins as they're the wage of death. We deserve death and hell, uh, but God is so gracious and merciful. Um, <clears throat> today, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the subject of what I would like to title, It Takes a Minute. I want to come to you out of the Old Testament, 2 Samuel chapter 2. I'm excited about God's word for today. Uh, I, I'm just thankful for his word. You know, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And what that means to me in the book of Hebrews, as it said, that it divides soul and spirit. It's so sharp that it can get entwined with our soul and our spirit. And it can even separate the two. Uh, and there's nothing else in this world that can do that except but God's holy word. Um, it's in 2 Samuel chapter 2 out of the Old Testament. I want to come to you, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 2. I want to give some historical context, a little bit of background uh, all the way up. I'm just reading seven verses today, asking that, again, God would just illuminate his word to us. Um, <clears throat> but let me give you some background uh, coming up to 2 Samuel. Now, in 2 Samuel right here in chapter 2 specifically, David actually is at the point of his life where probably he's facing the most difficult season that he has ever faced before. Um, if we were uh, looking back in history, uh, we're reminded that uh, the prophet Samuel came to Jesse and his house to anoint a king. And this was back in the early part of 1 Samuel. Uh, so several chapters uh, from where we are now, but this was around the age of where David was probably, you know, scholars disagree. Josephus, the old scholar uh, that lived a little bit after the time of Christ, actually says that David was of the year uh, about 10 years of age. Um, others have disagreed and said that he was about 15, but nevertheless, he was a young boy at the time that Samuel had anointed him. <clears throat> and it's important for us to know this because it wasn't until 15 years later that God would anoint David over the king of Judah. Now, David, as we know, have, ha has had great and many victories. Uh, David, for one, of course, defeating the giant Goliath, uh, who was a Philistine. Um, during King Saul's reign over Israel. Now get this, Saul at the latter part of his life and David's best friend, which was Saul's son, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan always loved David and admired David actually to the point where he actually wanted David to be king rather than his own father, Saul, because he saw how Saul had disobeyed God and how David uh, was a man after God's own heart. Now, 
It's interesting. Saul, at the latter, again, a portion of his life was out to kill David. He was jealous. He was very angry. He was full of wrath, indignation, trying to kill David. He knew that God had anointed him, and Saul knew that his time as king was coming to an end because he knew ultimately who God was and what he was going to do, but Saul just rejected it and rebelled against God's will. Now, get this. David here at this point in time in his life has just faced uh, one of the greatest battles that he would ever have to have faced. Now, get this, uh, Saul at this point in time in uh, around really the latter part of 1 Samuel and we're the beginning part of 2 Samuel had just lost his life. He was in a battle with the Philistines and, and Saul not wanting to face the shame of being killed by a Philistine, he killed himself by falling on his own sword. And David had just received this news in the last part of 1 Samuel and David loved Saul, although all of the times that he had to hide from Saul, although all of the times that he had just, uh, just very narrowly escaped the wrath of Saul and Saul's murdering uh, revelings, you know, he loved Saul. He cared for him. And he specifically loved Jonathan. He was heartbroken, distraught. You know, the Bible even says, this is amazing to me, that uh, David actually loved Jonathan more than his own wives. That's amazing uh, that David loved Jonathan more than uh, a greater love. The Bible says specifically a greater love than women. He absolutely loved Jonathan, and he had a close friendship and relationship with uh, Jonathan. So David here is around the age of about 30, and he has just been faced with the most difficult time of his whole entire life. Here for 15 years now, he's been waiting on being anointed king over all of Israel. Now, it's amazing. The first point I want to make is this before I, I start uh, reading out of the first seven verses of chapter 2 in 2 Samuel is that David, once again, if I can just put herself in his shoes, was very distraught, upset, depressed, very upset that what had just taken place. Now, David was enduring the death of Saul and then, of course, his best friend Jonathan. David also had just lost two wives to the Amalekites. David was married with two women, uh, and they had just been captured. And of course, David's at a point in time in his life where he honestly probably doesn't know what God's plan really is because he is questioning. Now, I can't say that confidently, but I can only imagine what David is feeling at this portion of time that we're dealing with. Now, in 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1, let me read it to you. It says this, it came to pass after this that David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go up into the cities of Judah? Now, this is after Saul has been dead, and this is at now David, who is supposed to be the anointed king over all of Israel, all of the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, David has wisdom and he inquires of the Lord. Now, I want to put uh, my finger here in my, in my Bible and say this for a moment. Whenever times of trial and trouble and tribulation come your way, I believe just as though David had inquired of the Lord, and whenever we face opposition, whenever we face any times that it seems like we're uh, not coming against God's favor or God's grace, you, my friend, would do best by inquiring of the Lord. David says this, he asks the Lord, shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord would say unto him, go up. Now those are two words that David had probably been waiting to hear so anxiously for 15 years now. God had promised him at the age of 10 or 15, now however uh, you dis might disagree with what age it was, but it was a young age that God had anointed David through the prophet Samuel that he would eventually conquer Israel and be the king that they so desperately desired to have. David was a work of the Holy Spirit. God was grooming him for 15
15 years of his young adult life to become the king over the great nation of Israel. Now get this, David was very, very patient in his waiting. Now all the time, I'm sure he had been wondering when it was God was going to tell him to go up and take the country. I'm here to tell you today that the application for us is no matter how long it takes for God's promise to come to pass upon your life, God eventually will say, because of his promises being sure and outstanding, he will eventually say, go up. Now, it's encouraging for us. God might have promised you something years beforehand. God might be telling you that he's going to do something in your life and in your family's life. And I'm encouraging you today that God eventually, because he is not on our time, he's on his own timing and his timing is best. God will eventually, according to his perfect will, say, go up. Now, it's amazing. In my own life, I was about 14 years old when God had called me to preach. And I remember uh, begging the Lord to give me direction for how I was going to take about that. And uh, it wasn't for a few years that God had begun to fulfill that desire and fulfill that calling in my life. It takes time. It takes a minute for God's timing to come to pass upon our lives. In verse 2, uh, the Bible says, So David went up to Hebron. And in verse 3, it shows us that he had brought the men that were with him. And in verse 5, he had sent messengers out to grieve and mourn the death of Saul and his his uh, uh, his dearly uh, his dear friend Jonathan. In verse 6, it says, And now the Lord had shown kindness and truth unto you. And David says, I will also show you kindness because you have done this thing. He's talking to the people that had buried Saul. And in verse 7, I want to uh, just mention this to you for a few moments. It says this, therefore, now let your hands be strengthened and be you valiant. He says, for the master Saul is dead and also the house of Judah have anointed me king over them. It takes a minute. It takes some time for God's promise to come to pass. The first point is this. David had to fight for the recognition of his own people. Sometimes you're going to have to continue to uh, fight in the faith to allow God to encourage you. Now, what I mean by this there's going to be opposition in your life. There's going to be people that say they don't like you. There's going to be people say that you're not of God. There's going to be people that try to rebuke you. Even sometimes the church will come against you. But I'm here to tell you today that David had his faith assured in Jesus Christ. Now, again, you know, we're in the Old Testament. David had a revelation probably unlike any other in the Old Testament of God's grace. Now, he didn't know that his name was going to be Jesus Christ. He might have known that. I couldn't tell you. Uh, But I will say this. His faith was assured in God the Father. He knew his faith was secure. Didn't know, didn't know when he was going to become king. Didn't know uh, exactly at what moment in time he would do so. That's why he was inquiring of the Lord, asking God, Father, do you want me to take this next step? I think we can all learn a valuable lesson. Be careful and pray always for major decisions in your life. Now, the second point I want to make is this. It doesn't come all at once. You see, Samuel anointed David 15 years before this moment of history that we're studying today. Samuel, God's anointed prophet over Israel of that time and that hour, God was using him as a mouthpiece, had said, David, you are going to be the one that God uses to conquer the then known world. Now, it's amazing that even that he would prophesy that uh, the Messiah would come through the tribe of Judah, which is through David's lineage. Now, David becoming king over Judah wasn't even the victory David was looking for in totality. David was looking to become king 
over all of the 12 tribes of Israel. And later you'll find, if you'll study the uh, book of 2 Samuel, you'll see that David had to conquer all of the tribes of Israel before they would pay homage to him as the king that God had called. David was fighting for recognition of his own people, even though God had already called him to be king. So David here, of course, in 2 Samuel chapter 2, is fighting to keep his faith in Jesus, which is ultimately the Lord God uh, manifested at that moment in time. The third thing I want to say is this, and I believe this is one of the most valuable lessons that you can learn as a child of God. Some things have to die before you can live in the newness of life. Now, we talked about just this last podcast, the newness of life, and what that means to the life of the believer. Now, I'm here to tell you today this, that some things have to die before you can live in the newness of life. Some things in your flesh, some things that you had desires for the world, some things Satan has put there in your heart uh, deceitfully and desperately wicked above all things is what Jeremiah tells us. I'm here to tell you today that certain things before you can receive God's promise have to die. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 is one of the greatest times of, uh, of, of what, I guess, pictures we could say of what it looks like that we go through seasons in our life, a time to plant, a time to pluck, a time to heal, and a time to kill. I believe with all my heart that there are things in your life that are going to have to die, desires of the world, desires of your flesh, desires that are a part of not God's will, desires that are against God's will, that are contrary to his will for your life. They have to die before God receives and allows you to receive that promise that he's given you. So I'm here to tell you today that it takes a minute for God's promise to come to pass. And let the encouragement be this, that it will come to pass. God is not a man that he cannot lie, neither the son of man, that he should not be able to do this thing. For he has a righteous right hand that is willing and able to see the promise of him come to pass. I'm so thankful for that. The Bible even tells us in Ephesians that he's able to do above exceedingly and abundantly above all that what we could even think or ask. I'm thankful for God's grace today. I love you so much. God bless you. I'm praying for you. I'm asking that God will just again allow the Holy Spirit to show us what he wants to in his word. Uh, This is Colton Pemberton again with PT Students. God bless you abundantly.